0: we go okay we are live episode 145 i have a manual storage with blackbird foods i have holly corrales planted seed pr welcome
1: to the show thanks for having me it's great to great to be here welcome
0: uh let's go right into it uh blackbird foods tell us what is what is it all about and when did it start
1: Blackbird officially launched in January 2020. We make both plant-based frozen pizzas that are hand-tossed, and we also make seitan, which is wheat protein, as a versatile plant-based meat product.
0: Okay, Uh, and how did that come to be? Were you doing something prior to this in the space? You saw a void. Where did it come from?
1: Yeah, so Blackbird was actually founded by a group of plant-based chefs and restaurateurs who are the ones who actually developed our wheat-based protein seitan for the use in their restaurants. And uh, so it really grew organically. We started using this plant-based meat product to make things like plant-based chicken wings and plant-based cutlets for the restaurants and people just started to really fall in love with it so we started uh branching out selling it to other friends in the industry other restaurants and slowly uh grew into retail and really pushed hard into retail uh at the you know onset of the pandemic in 2020
0: got it and what's the team look like so give us the breakdown there
1: so our team today on the business side, there's myself as the CEO. We I was bootstrapping the, the company myself for the first year. And then we were able to raise some initial capital at the end of 2020. So today I'm able to grow the team. And today we have eight team members. We have three salespeople, a marketing team member, and uh two ops people and a chief of staff. Got it.
0: Okay. And so what was that launch? Um Originally looking like, so you went into to retail. I I'm assuming directing consumers a bit hard. Basically, you could break both of those down for us as far as what it looked like initially.
1: Yeah, so we during you know when the when COVID happened, we started to really, you know, have to. We had to pivot because the restaurants were closing we always had uh, these retail lines of products where we have the seitan in four varieties and the pizzas now in five varieties. And we, I quickly overnight really built like a Squarespace D2C site, allowing customers from all over the country to order the product. But that's again, you know like you said, it's, that's small for, for perishable goods to ship D2C. So we really started focusing on the mom and pop shops here in New York. And partnering with those local DSD—that's direct store delivery distributors—to get into all the you know independent grocers here in New York. And then once we really had um, that underway, we started to you know reach out to retailers across the country, a lot of the indies, and just ask them to sh- if they can buy a pallet of our product, if we could ship to them on dry ice, just put it on their shelves, so that we could then cobble those together and start opening up. The big distributor DCs like UNFI and KEHI which for those in the industry know are the big natural foods distributors.
0: So well, let's fast forward then, just to get get an idea where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just jump all the way to early 22 because <laughs> yeah. there was so much probably in between that, right? Um, yeah. And you did you did start at an interesting time. Many many did actually. There, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going through these interviews and and talking to different people. Um, uh, as far as start dates. It's interesting what's happened over the last couple of years. But let's forward to early 22, sort of what does the business look like, you know, in, in the start of the year?
1: Yeah, so at the start of the year, we were finally in national distribution for Unify and Kehi. Our first kind of real grocery chain that decided to bring us on was Air One in Los Angeles. And once that happened, we were able to just start you know, kind of like a snowball effect of getting more and more of these regional players. And then we had, you know, then we start to focus, okay, how do we get, how do we grow bigger beyond these regional natural channels? Um, and then as, you know, earlier this year and, and this summer, we actually launched at the Fresh Market, which is 160 doors, Uh, you know, mostly here on the East Coast. And so that's really been our strategy. It's just growing from chain to bigger chain to bigger chain to get more you know national distribution and more reach in general.
0: Cool. Um as as you've gotten into what I'd consider true natural uh, natural, right? An air one. Uh mm-hmm. shout out air one. Um yeah. what did it look like? Uh how how were people pulling them off the off the shelf? Um why were they uh you know I'm assuming price point um as far as where you're not only where you're coming from on the East Coast, um, but the product itself is probably premium. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what what did you see in those first couple months?
1: Yeah, we've. So, I'm talking now about our pizzas. That's really been our hero yeah. product for the retail space, and that's what Erewhon launched, in into their stores. And as you mentioned, yes, they're premium. They're hand tossed pizzas made from overnight rising dough here in our own facility in New York City, we manufacture everything ourselves, nothing is co-packed. And so that's the niche or market that we're going after, because every other frozen pizza, almost every other frozen pizza in this category is co-packed, made from on a mass manufactured flat disc of dough. Nothing really resembles, you know, the, the type of pizza you find at your favorite New York style pizza shop. Uh, so that's what we're providing in a plant-based form, and I think consumers have resonated with that. Gluten, every other vegan pizza is gluten-free, most most uh, like ninety-nine percent, and we're providing plant-based shoppers with this more indulgent uh, wheat flour traditional crust. All of our boxes, pizza boxes, are stamped with a made in NYC logo on it, so. That's, I think, what consumers really start to resonate with is, you know, this is really authentic and, and really the real deal.
0: Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and so from from those findings, which is important, right, for anybody who who watches this as far as getting into a particular store, one, you know, seeing if there's market fit, right, you you kind of should understand who's the customer at that point. Um, you're a year and a half into this thing, right? And understanding, okay, what's price point going to be? You got to look at who's next to you on that shelf um, to make sure that there's not some massive, you know, sort of separation there. It it oftentimes can happen, but for you to get real pull um, as far as trial, um, you're going to need to, you know, a couple of things would need to happen for, you know, it could be demos, it could be, you know, promotion of some sort, um, uh, coupons, it could be some social media that you've applied, forcing, uh, you know, your customers that are in that um, geo air, you know, territory to go into the store, but there's multiple things that can happen. Um, But after you've pulled the data, after you have some findings, mainly after promotion and going back to what really is your true SRP, you know, what's happening, you know, did it, did flatline, did it decline or is there some, something trending up for whatever reason, right? Is that a customer who came in there for trial coming back again? And are they telling a friend um, in that neighboring area? Right. So um, after all that, now let's move forward, you know, again, now we're, uh, it's it's summer. Um, What does it look like today? And what did you pull from that, you know, sort of experience and refinings to put yourself in the situation that you're in today?
1: Yeah. So exactly what you do for those who are maybe new to the space is it's really great to get that data early on, get as much consumer feedback as you can and retail data from those stores you first launch in to then show to the next buyer and the next buyer, like, look how we're doing in comparison to these other brands. And that's, you know, that's exactly what we've seen is we've, continuously performed um, in the top of the category at all the stores we're launching at. And you know gathering that data from Nielsen if you can afford it or um, just from the retailers themselves and showing that to buyers. So that's really how you know we've gotten into this to the stores that we're in today. And also if you have the um, ability to do D2 C, so for us we do you know 5% of our sales is still D2 C. If you have a non perish you know, like a dry good, non-perishable item, that should be a huge channel for you, and that's such a great way to get that feedback, um, and those ratings and everything, those uh, product reviews, uh, you know, on paper to show to show your buyers and to also make iterations, right? So if cons- for us consumers were like, there's not enough toppings on these pizzas, we started. Not only putting more toppings on the pizzas, but also making that uh marketing push, saying like, "Hey guys, you asked for it. Now our pizzas come with more toppings." So you know those are all ways that we've used data to help us move forward and and um grow the brand. Very
0: cool, uh, Emmanuel, your info's there for Blackbird Foods. It'll, we put it up at the end. Uh, good stuff, <laughs> good story. Um, Holly, awesome. Planted Seed PR, give it to us. What's it all about?
2: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, and it's great to meet both of you. Um, I've spent the majority of my career in PR for food and beverage brands, both um, on the agency side as well as in-house, and honestly, from the very beginning, I knew I wanted to build my own PR firm, specifically for mission-driven brands um, in the consumer space, so uh, also actually while prioritizing the well-being of my team, that was something that was very important to me. Uh, So I started Planted Seed last year to provide PR and influencer marketing services um, to CBG companies um, that are reshaping the way that we think about health and sustainability. So we've actually since grown to be a small but mighty team. I have two employees now, um, which I'm really excited about. And uh, we've curated a really highly um, thought-out, well-thought-out curated client list um, with a sweet spot in early to mid-phase food and beverage brands. Um, Our clients primarily come to us interested in earned media, so that's really our bread and butter. Uh, However, I'm a huge advocate um, for building a well-rounded strategy uh, to ensure our clients are um, growing awareness in all the right channels and all the right conversations Um, So that actually might look like influencer collaborations, brand partnerships, um, thought leadership opportunities like this podcast, really any kind of big idea thinking that we can help to um, ideate for our clients. Um, Yeah, you can find more information about Planted Seed at plantedseedpr.com and at plantedseedpr on Instagram.
0: I love that. Beautiful, beautiful uh, elevator pitch right there. Um, Holly's info for Planted Seeds there. Emmanuel's info for Blackbird Foods is there. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the week.
2: You too. Nice to meet you.